0: Okay, I'm going to keep this short, going to keep this sweet, mostly because I hope that somebody will listen to this, and I don't think you will listen to this if I go, you know, 40, 15 minutes doing a recap like I have in the past. So last time we played, uh, Cal Edon had got a massive hangover and got himself from being wildly drunk, so he didn't do anything. Uh, this time around, Cal Edon also got himself super drunk, didn't do anything, only this time he was also joined by Gesh, who got himself super drunk and didn't do anything. So Cecil lectured them, but they're both too hungover to hear him. So it didn't stick. Anyway, so while Cecil's off lecturing Gesh and Kaledon, uh Time Moonstar and Merrick, they run around and do some shopping. Uh, they find some cool gear for themselves, you know, some fancy new boots, some cloaks protection, um, stuff like that. And they talk about maybe uh, trading in the... Tyra uh Katana Blade for sweet, sweet cash or getting, you know, trade for it. You know, just kind of seeing what their options are with it. And uh, while they're doing this, time Man just to convince everybody, hey guys, we need to move to a, 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 a richer part of town because we're way too far away from the action to uh, keep up with all the politics here. Everyone agrees and they decide to leave Aaron behind in the stable at, at, the, uh, uh, at the Crooked Lantern to keep working on uh, Dane and Vachette, and Gesh and Don are volunteered to stay behind the guard here, and not because they're drunk out of their minds. <clears throat> Gruffer, of course, is all too happy to leave because, hey, he can make more money somewhere else. So they get to the wealthy part of town, and they take up at an inn called the Gilded Nettle. Uh, you know, uh, It's definitely not the best inn uh, in the wealthy part of town, but it's definitely head and shoulders above the Crooked Lantern franchise that they've been uh, staying at. As they get in in there, you can tell that Moonstar and Merrick, you know, they're a little out of place. They're a little shabby, uh, but Cecil and Ty fit right in because they dress sharply. And they wander around a bit. Ty's a little picky about his food, but, you know, the waitstaff there is on top of their game. They're used to, you know, dealing with really picky eaters because rich people can be picky and all that. And after they look around, they're like, well, we really want Gruffrey to play here but he definitely does not fit in because you know they found him in a <laughs> in a disease-ridden uh, port town so they give him 20 pieces of gold to go buy some better clothes and get and get cleaned up and get cleaned up a bit but they warn him not to spend the money on drugs or on hookers you know he's not exactly thrilled with that caveat but he's more excited about making more money than he's ever seen in his life so off he goes um, Time Moonstar, they they talk to the barkeep. They they ask about Galadriel shadow step. That's the uh, uh, the one guildmaster's wife that hates the mistress. And the barkeep says he hasn't seen her in a while, but pointed towards the golden rose up the road. And they head over there, and they find that's way posher than the golden nettle. Uh, they take a look around, and they quickly realize, wait, we have no idea what this elf lady looks like. Uh, So Ty, you know, grabs on the server and says, like, hey, you know, uh, I'd like to speak with Shadow Shadowstep. He says, let me go check with her and see if she's, uh, you know, wants to talk with you. And they just kind of follow the server to see where it goes. And, you know, he talks to a woman who glances over and just, you know, waves him away. And the server tells him, no, she's not interested. And Ty says, thanks, but at least now they know what she looks like. So they regroup outside. They... uh, uh stone scry call Varen Camry to say, hey, is it okay if we name drop you? Because they're trying to strategize a way to get her to, to meet with them. He says, yes, go ahead. And they decide to send in Cecil, uh, since he's the most respectable of all of them. And, you know, a Moonstar turned himself into a poodle at this point to try to sneak in, but that didn't work out. Uh, there's even some talk about possibly pimping out Ty, since he's an underage, you know, kid. Fortunately, that went nowhere, Uh, you know, for legal reasons, obviously, moral reasons. I mean, this is our group. (laughs) Ethics and morality does does not go hand in hand with our group, much to Cecil's disappointment. So Cecil goes in. He manages to get a couple minutes with Galadriel, uh, you know, saying that, you know, they're meeting on behalf of Varan and set a time for the following uh, evening at the Gilded Nettle. And Merrick has spent some time, you know, sneaking around. You know, you see some mercenaries from the Order of the Red Hawk uh, and some other groups in town. He's trying to find a thieves' guild that's in town, but really it's kind of more like a mafia than anything else. Not really not really his style. And so when they get back to the Guild of Nuttall, they talk strategy about how they want the meeting with Galadriel to go. They figure that they'll have people stationed around, make sure that there's no ill intent on, on her group's part there. And then uh, Ty will talk with her and figure out how things, you know, what she knows about uh, her husband's mistress and if she's a demon or not. So the group breaks breaks up, all go to bed. Ty desa- decides to stay up late into the night reading the book on demonic portals that he nicked from Astenius' estate, since, you know, Astenius is super dead and all that. Uh, it turns out that the demons used to be united as, you know, as one. But then the world and humans came along and, well, the demons disagreed on how to proceed and, That's when they fractured into eight factions. Started clashing. uh, Generals from each of these uh, factions became known as demonic princes, and they reported to their demonic lords. And the symbol of a broken wheel with a spoke represented each each of these factions. But the unifying of all eight means that they've reunited. And he just kind of learns more about demonic history in general. And when he finally decides to turn in for the night, he does not turn out the light. Awesome bedtime reading there. Uh, come morning, you know, they make arrangements with uh, the Guild of Nettles manager to have a meeting room for that evening. Um, you know, they order a bottle of wine to have on hand to uh, to woo Galadriel. And in the meantime, uh, Ty, he runs off to the local Mage Guild to see if he can buy some stuff. And the guy there more or less tries to recruit him into his MLM, uh, you know, so he can get cheaper stuff and all that. He just has to keep recruiting three more people into him and three more people into each of them. He says, thanks, but no thanks, and leaves. <clears throat> um, from there, uh, you know, fast forward to that evening. Gladriel shows up with a few bodyguards. Uh, everything looks okay. They can tell that there's no ill intent from them. Uh, Cecil, you know, invites her into the room that they have set aside, and she takes a look around. She sees that Ty's there, and that Moonstar is, you know, transmogrified himself as a dog. And she, that makes her laugh a little bit. She says, well, I'll meet you with the guys. Well, I'll meet with you, Cecil. Which, you know, obviously she knows how to play her hand very well. Well, <laughs> with our party not being the sharpest, surprise, surprise. She knows which guy she can uh, she, she can use to get the best truth out of him. So Cecil's stuck with talking with her. And she says, you know, she doesn't think Emerald is a, is a demon. Hates her, though. But... Emeralda showed up in Capra 18 months ago out of nowhere, no guild, no family, no explanation of where all her money came from. Um, she says that her husband, Amrist, he changed about two years ago, so a good six months before Emeralda showed up. They kind of grew darker, more distant. And she says that it happened just after negotiations with Blaine Greystone, the uh, the masonry guild uh, dwarf master uh, uh, that was doing negotiations with him about something. And when, they ask, when Cecil asks Galadriel about Amaralda, how, they, how he can find her, Galadriel says she's pretty reclusive and sometimes found at casinos. Uh, Greystone, you know, he's always down to business. He pulled the masonry guild from squalor into prestige. You know, he's the one who kind of spearheaded, you know, rebuilding Capric and Alabaster, making it the glowing city. And, you know, they chit-chat for a little bit more, but then, you know, Cecil says thanks and shows her out. Um, they, after that, the party calls Varen, uh, fills him in, and he recommends that they're going to contact Amorous, do so in public, try not to get into a fight with a demonic prince because they'll all be dead. And so after that, the party decides, hey, let's track down Sigmund Veritas. He probably knows stuff about Emeralda. So they make a big, long trek out to his estate and uh, meet up with him, and and he says that you know, obviously, her family history is completely made up, fabricated, almost certainly purchased upon her arrival in Caprook. Uh, her past is super well hidden, even from from Veritas. <clears throat> he does mention that she owns a yacht in the port there in town, and uh, unfortunately, he doesn't know much about the negotiations between Blaine Greystone and Amorous Shadowstep two years prior. Said it would have been obviously kept a secret, hush hush. Um, you know, he floats the idea that it's possible that Grayson may have built something into the city for more infernal purposes. It's also possible that Amorous was even replaced by a demon, or he could just be an acolyte like Astenius. Uh, Party gets back to gets back to the city. Ty stops by a notary's guilt and the ledger to the dragon who raised him, uh, asking, Hey, do you know how we could break this curse on the Kyra Jordan? And also to see if his you know dragon dad would buy it. After that, uh, they get they settle back into their inn, the Gilded Nettle, until Sigmund, uh, Veritas, uh, he attended, promised them more information about Emerald's yacht. Uh, messenger shows up, gives them the information, all the directions. They show up there, promptly botch it uh, with the security measures that are in place and the guards that are there. Fortunately, they all manage to get away uh, before anything happens. And... Uh, <clears throat> Basically, Ty has to polymorph himself and Merrick into giant saltwater crocodiles and jump into the bay there to leave. And Moonstar and Cecil, who've been hanging back, just head back to the tavern and meet up with them there. So as you can see, no fighting this time, no head-chopping action, just some political intrigue. And uh, hopefully we'll get to kill somebody this time around.